Hey, we're Ramones the Day, and this is Heidi is a Head Case. One, two, three, four! Ramones of the Day, the podcast examining every Ramones song alphabetically from 53rd to the word zero. I'm Molly. And I'm Philip. And today with us is very special guest, CJ Ramone, everybody. Yay! Thank you very much. The boom. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So today we're discussing the song Heidi is a Head Case from 1992's Mondo Bizarro. That's right. That's right. So I think this is actually our first song from Mondo Bizarro, is it not? No, we've done a couple. We did like Cabbies on Crack. Oh, Cabbies and, on Crack. Okay, yeah. There's been a couple. Okay. Uh, this is the first one we've done with CJ Ramone here. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the first legitimate yes. like, interview. Uh, just real quick before we get into it, uh, this song was written by Joey Ramone and Daniel Ray. Yep. I gave it a song category of love, and it is the Ramone style of love, of course, which is either she turned into she's an crazy, alien, she's crazy, or she like leaves that. at the end. Or... Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. 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 So dysfunction. Yeah. Well, that's what we always talk about love in the world of the Ramones is like, it, there's nothing good about it. We should have <laughs> call, called it heartbreak. Yeah. Heartbreak. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. But so, CJ, this is your first album with the Ramones. Correct. Correct. Well, at first studio album. My first, first album is Local Live. Oh, yeah. That's Got it. right. That's oh, right. crap. No, yeah. So this is, the, But this is the first time you were in the studio while recording. Correct. New tracks. Okay. Well, so, that's another story, but. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll talk about Local Live sometime. Okay. okay. Right. Well, it can be now if you want it to yeah, be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is. Everyone has, um, when you're in a band and you start meeting famous people and you start kind of getting a look behind the curtain, you get your heart broken. Never fails. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got into the, you know, I'm in the band. Um, Johnny says, we're going to record a live record. I was like, oh my God, that's so <laughs> awesome. Because, you know, of course my mind immediately goes to it's alive. The quality is just unbelievable. And so I said to Johnny, I said, you know, my favorite live album of all time is Local Live. I don't think anybody ever put out a better sounding record with songs that good and exciting. I, uh, and uh, I was like, you know, it, it's just a testament how t- to how tight you guys were alive back then, you know. And Johnny goes, um, yeah, there was nothing live on it except the drums. Oh my God, really? I was like, oh my God, la 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 la. I don't want to hear it. So, Johnny is the guy that kind of broke my cherry and told me that any live record you've ever heard, chances are it's not live. Yeah. Um, It's tracked live, everything gets tracked live. Um, Goes back to the studio, they keep the drum tracks, they examine all the other tracks. And if there's anything that they can keep, they do. And everything else is done in the studio. Oh, bummer. Heartbreak moment. I was, like, devastated. Wow. I was like, you mean Judas Priest Unleashed in the East is a (laughs) studio record? It's not live? Come on. That can't be. But, yeah. And and that was my – that was kind of like my introduction to doing live records. And I was so unbelievably disappointed, Uh, especially when we got into the studio – that um, th- they even overdubbed cymbals and hi hats. Wow. Which I never heard before, and nobody I, I've talked to since has ever heard of that. But even stuff like that, like they overdubbed everything. And 
when people have asked me, you know, what's, you know, what do you think the Ramones worst sounding record is? I, I always immediately go local live, uh. <laughs> which really isn't fair because it's really not. It's just, that's the magic. That's when the magic disappeared. Yeah, for me. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, worst sounding Ramones record is probably you know uh, Animal Boy or one of those where the production is just like horrid. It's a little small. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a bad '80s demo. But um, hmm. but yeah. So local live. Sorry, guys. I know okay, that's okay. I'll, yeah. I'll pull the plug on this one. There's, there's a lot of shattered dreams right now, but that's okay. Tears running yeah. down. The faces. Oh, I so have a gun drop to make yeah. myself feel better. Okay. <laughs> so, as as way of segue, mm-hmm. it would have never broken anybody's heart about this. Uh, the Ramones never played Heidi as a headcase live, which Molly and I always find a little surprising, given that it was twenty two hundred shows, and this being you know as big as it was in Brazil and South America and stuff, and we're like, those kids are clamoring for this album. It was yeah. like never. Never played live, and I was like, oh, okay. But I guess it's also, as you were saying, part of the fact that 70% of that set, 80% of that set is like already in place. It's set. You just have a little wiggle. First four records. Most of the set is first four records. Yeah. yeah. Couples from the 80s era, couples from my era, but for the most part, it's first four records, and that's, yeah. you know, that's how Johnny, li- I, and like I, you know, he was the master when it came to structuring the set. He knew exactly what the kids wanted to hear, the order it should be in. He he understood the pacing mm-hmm. of the set. Um, Heidi is a head case. Barely made the record. Hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, it barely made the record. It was not um, a favorite amongst everybody. I think. Um, you know that there was always the struggle between Johnny and Joey, the legendary battle yeah, between Johnny and Joey. That that is one of the places where um, that green-eyed demon kind of raised its head, and uh, and there was always a fight between songs. I think Johnny was fair for the most part as far as what made it on the record, but he didn't like like a lot of jo- jo- uh, Joey's songs were um, about girls and stuff like that. And Johnny was like, "We're not about that anymore. We're tough. We want to write yeah. about you know." Um, but uh, yeah, probably live. Um, it may have just been you know the fact that it wasn't necessarily liked by by Johnny and. Um, if there may be something in it guitar wise that he wasn't able to pull off. Hmm. Interesting. It is. Uh, it's funny. This is historically the last of the Ramon songs. That is girl name is a blank. Hmm. Yeah. As, uh, so real quick quiz. Yep. Can you name the other three? Sheena is a punk rocker. Right. Judy is <laughs> a punk, a punk and the sleeper. The uh, sleeper fourth. I don't know. It's one I think everybody always forgets. It's Susie is a is a headbanger. Oh, Susie yeah. is a headbanger. Susie is a head partial credit. Everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice, that was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I, Great it, question. It just jumped out at me though. I was yeah. like, Oh, this is one of those is a, and I do a search on my little spreadsheet of like how many isas do we have? He has a spreadsheet, by the way, with Ramon songs. It's it's awesome. Well, it's not. I, yeah, I, no, it's. Great. I'm trying to stay organized. <laughs> Like I just feel like I'm crunching numbers every day or something. I call him the Johnny of the podcast. Even, let's get let's do this podcast faster. Um. um so CJ, I'm I you know, I would love to hear your thoughts on being a young man, 
coming into the studio with like one of your favorite bands and starting to record with these people. I mean, what what yeah. what is that scenario like? What what happens to you in you know? Do you freak out? Do you just go, well, I guess I'm a god now? And who? <laughs> so realistically, I mean, like from day one, you got to. So you got to remember, I was five weeks out of the Marine Corps. I know, which is insane. I went right from the Marine Corps to the Ramones, um, <laughs> which is probably the the only way I would have been able to survive that. Well, but that's it, why. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Johnny really liked you, right? Is because you had you were somebody come in with some like with the, structure. structure, yeah. Planned, mission oriented. You tell me what to do, how yeah. you want it done. I'm getting it done, and there'll be no excuses. And um, so you know, when I came in, I really was. I recognized the fact that I'm playing with one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, besides being one of my favorites. Just a legendary band. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been. I get asked the question. You know, how, what was it like to fill Dee Dee's shoes and blah blah? And I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. I looked at it like. I got hired to do this job and I am going to do it to death. I'm going to just do it to the best of my ability. And, um, and that's how I went at it. So it, I'm not saying I wasn't nervous or anything like that, but I wasn't intimidated. I wasn't intimidated. I wasn't afraid because I knew that I was physically capable and mentally capable of overcoming whatever they put in front of me. I learned 40, 42 Ramon songs in five weeks. Wow. And, and I know people are like, well, that's no big deal if you break it down, you know, 40 songs in five weeks. So you're learning about, you know, what? Who says that's no big deal? <laughs> Six point something songs a week or whatever. Blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is, is the, the biggest problem I had was so many of the remote songs are structured the same in the same keys and that are so alike that. I would do, be doing rock and roll radio and going to the bridge from rock and roll high school. <laughs> it, that's uh, it. Really, was more a struggle to to keep them of, separate. Right, that stuff separate in my head. I would almost think that, like, especially when you're talking about doing the live sets like that, yeah. where there's no breath, it's almost like another way to think of it is like, yeah, you're learning forty songs or whatever you're gonna do. That's like you're gonna learn one song that is an hour and ten minutes long. Mm. Like it has to fit like this. Yep. And yeah, and sometimes you can't I yeah, we yeah. <laughs> no, I can't wrap my head around it. There's a lot of um idiosyncrasies to the Ramones music. And even now when I get guys from other bands to come out on the road and play with me, guys who have accomplished players sometimes struggle to be able to hit all those changes with the Ramones. There's all these little turnaround parts and it's very subtle things mm-hmm. make it really difficult. And the thing that I learned early on was if I missed a part or, or if I missed a note, I would have to wait for the entire part to go by before I could jump back in. And I would have to stand there and shrink <laughs> a of Joey's, I mean, of Johnny's friggin' radioactive stare. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, I didn't even want to look over that side of the stage. I would just kind of put my head down and wait yeah. for the and jump right back in. But, um, but yeah, you know, people, it, it, it's kind of like a joke. People are like, oh, Ramon songs, oh, that's easy. I can do that. Blah, blah, blah. I, it's, it's not an easy thing to find a guitar player or a drummer who can play the Ramones style correctly. Well, again, it's I think it's part of the Ramones myth that people have worked up in their head that they're a certain kind of band, they're easy, they're all this stuff. When I mean, 
any real Ramones fan can tell you that that's just not true. That they are subtle and they do have all these it's, different layers. And it, you know, I think I think part of that appeal, especially in the beginning. And I mean, I and I wasn't alive at the beginning, or I wasn't conscious at the beginning. You weren't consciously listening. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I think part of the appeal was that it they make it look easy. It was like sure. parts, of, parts of it are easy because it's like yeah, it's three or four chords. I was like, yeah, that's less than ten. So that <laughs> by like by an uneducated guess, it was like that's supposed to be easier, and it's actually it's just fewer chords. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessary, and they're making it look easier. Yeah, but it's not. And so yeah, I I've I they're doing I, a lot more with a lot less. I haven't played <laughs> I haven't played in a band, but I I own a guitar, and what what little I've learned has been like playing along with Ramon songs because it was like oh yeah. This will be easy and and it's fun, but it's not easy. It's come a to find workout. out. Yeah, <laughs> I love. I love it. I love. I love watching people like kind of w- when we start going through rehearsals and we start getting to some of those changes, and they're like, "Oh yeah, what's that? I'll get it live. I'll get it live." And then we're on stage live. Adrenaline kicks in. Every song is two to three beats uh, per minute faster yeah. and all of a sudden those changes are coming up so fast that now they can't keep up uh-huh. and now they're missing every change and then they drop an entire parts of songs and and they <laughs> turns into a bad thing real <laughs> in short order and I always tell them you know afterwards they're like sorry man I don't know why but I always tell them you don't have to apologize I know I yeah. <laughs> know how it is but that is why the Ramones rehearsed everything to death yeah, was it- I, and I was I went through the Ramones training camp and the and the rehearsals. We rehearsed every we rehearsed the entire set a couple of times a week, and and really did it like we would do it live. Mm. Wow, man, um, jeez, okay, I'm wrapping my head around it. Uh, yeah. But but I wanted to point something out uh, about this song. Yeah. So I'm not a big lyrics guy. Okay. I, it's not. It's not like the first thing that I fly with with a song. Mm-hmm. But then, for some reason, with this one, I was like, I'm gonna look up the lyrics, uh, and I'm just gonna bust Google Play. Okay. Because Google Play has the lyrics wrong. Okay. And I mean, it, arguably, it's not like they got the lyrics wrong with Blitzkrieg Bop, but I mean, still, they have instead of Wild and She's Willing into Early Dylan, mm-hmm. they have Wild and She's Willing. It's it's an Early Dylan. Like, okay. that's what she is, is she's an early version of Bob Dylan. Yeah. Uh, and they also messed up, they also yeah. mess up later uh, the thing about she's snorting up something on the, on the picture of, Google Play says, a, a picture of St. Peter's. Okay. When I think it's actually Stiv Bader's. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, so down with Google Play. Google Play <laughs> takes a hit. Okay. So, no a little respect. background on, um. On who Heidi actually is. Okay, yes. please, yes. Dish, dish, dish. Heidi was actually a girl that Joey and I both dated. Awesome. Man, that's like a theme for this freaking. <laughs> <laughs> Joey dated her first, but incredibly good-looking girl. Um, but absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> no joke. It, she was definitely crazy, oh, yeah. um, but crazy in a way that was very disarming, um, hmm. but also crazy in a way that she could definitely cause you a lot of problems. Oh, no. 
Yeah, so but boys like fun. that kind of crazy in bed. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, she's kind of crazy. This is going to be fun. Guys <laughs> date crazy girls because always the best in bed. Yeah. But, um, but the funny thing about it is, is that Joey, they had dated a long time before I dated her. And he never said anything to me about it. Oh, so said, she just came around and he was like, I'll let him figure it out on his own. <laughs> Which I was like, wow, not looking out for your bro at all. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just kind of funny because after the, the record came out and the song and everything, um, we talked about it and had a good giggle over it. But you it, talked about it with Joey or with Heidi? With Joey. With Joey. Okay, 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 okay. Heidi. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. She's like, oh, I really like this song. Um, so, I mean, it seems like from what I've read, and I'm only just reading this stuff secondhand, that everybody was pretty psyched to have you join the band. Did you, When you came in, did you feel like you were, like, well-received, like they were happy to have you? And Yeah, they were, um, it was... You know, it's it's a real it's a tough situation to walk into. The yeah. the, the internal politics were really complicated. But everybody that, talks about you like you were a, a real breath of fresh air. That you know, you kind of gave the band another couple years so like of life Melnick when they and, when uh, they wouldn't have had it. You know, so that must have been a great feeling to come in knowing that even though it's hard to fill those shoes, yeah. you know, even though that's not how you're looking at it, that these people are happy to have you because you're kind of reinvigorating them. Hmm. What, Thank God I have the kind of mind that I, ju- I just have good intuition about things. So when I came into the band, like I immediately recognized there was some kind of issue between Johnny and Joey. Yeah. It was very apparent, very obvious. Um, and I knew immediately that if I was going to survive in the band, I would have to find a way to have relationships with both those guys. And, um, uh, if I was going to survive and stay in the band, but not just to not just for me to survive and stay in the band, but for the for the whole thing to work, you know, like I kind of yeah. saw my I, I saw my role in the band being um, kind of an in between be, um, between Joey and Johnny. I kind of felt like I was like the 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 kid in a dysfunctional marriage. But you were friends with both of them. Yeah, and you, you you got along with both of them. It was like like really good friends with Joey from the get go. Mm-hmm. Joey and I had a lot in common. Well, you dated the same women. You- <laughs> the funny thing is this, Johnny's the guy who brought me into the band. Johnny's the guy who liked me right away. He, he I was the first one to audition. They auditioned a number of people after me. I forget what the amount was. I've heard numbers. You were the first one, weren't you to audition? Yeah. I, I heard numbers from 40 to 70. So whatever it was, it was. But the um, but so Johnny's the guy initially that I have um, rapport with. Yeah, rapport with a connection yeah. with. He's the guy like right away. But once I get into the band, I find that me and Joey have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. You know, music and art and literature and like all the higher end stuff. And uh, so I start like going out with Joey a lot. I start going out to clubs with Joey. Johnny really wasn't like that. Johnny wasn't like, a, you know, come over my house. We'll have a beer guy. Yeah. But when we got together, he, you know, we were, we would sit down and shoot the breeze. I hung out with Johnny more on the road. Sure. I hung out with Joey more when we were home. Hmm. Eventually Johnny and I, Johnny started to invite me over to his place and, you know, go to, baseball card collecting conventions and stuff like that <laughs> this is that's the insider information that i want you no, know no story about the ramones has ever disappointed me i know it's so good <laughs> yeah yeah so um uh so it was 
you know, it was really tough. And, and they, I could tell, like, Joey would get an attitude with me sometimes if, if me and Johnny were talking about politics and we shared a view and, uh. and Joey would kind of give me a sideways glance or if me and Joey were talking about some music and we were – and and Joey would kind of uh, Johnny would give me a sideways glance. So it was always that kind of walking on the fence, you know what I mean? Kind of straddling both sides of the fence there. But it was um, it was complicated. It definitely was. But the um, the beautiful thing about it is is that I did end up having really solid relationships with both those guys. Um, Joey, unfortunately, I did not get to see um, before he died. I did talk to him, you know, a bunch of times on the phone while he was in the hospital or anything. Mm, yeah. um, uh, Johnny, I got to see just a day or two before he died. I, he called me up and invited me, myself and my uh, my manager, Gene Frawley, who was Johnny's right-hand guy in the band, um, invited us up to his house. So we got to go and see him before he died. And it was it was great because I got to say goodbye and thank him and all of that stuff. But I, it, it really was um, a, a tough situation. But I came out of it with two really, really good friends. Yeah, that's so great. Uh, I have a, I have a question so, about. Is that too serious? No, no, no we're into <laughs> it. Uh, no, it's great. Uh, but I do have a question about this song, or sort of about this album, because as we said, this is the first like studio album you're on, and I don't know if. Like at this point, when a song like this comes in, was it brought in kind of like, all right, put that together, it's ready to go? Or was it like, I got kind of a chorus? Do you, like, what was the process of working out a song like this? Because I, I mean, if they're not talking. Yeah, no. So how it went was we would start, um, the way the process started was everybody would work on songs, write their songs. Um Joey worked mostly with Daniel. Johnny did not write that, did not write, period. Um, Mark Ramon started writing with an, an outside writer. Um, and I worked with Daniel a little bit on a couple of songs for this record. So, uh, and, and of course, Dee Dee's. Yeah, Dee Dee's, yeah, you know, so that's his songs. So how it went was um, um, all the songs would get put on a tape. We would all listen to them at home. And then we'd get together and vote. Hmm. It takes, you know, it takes a majority vote to get... Uh, uh, like, how, how many songs would you guys submit for an album that you'd have to whittle down to? 12. Usually, if, if there's 12, if there was 12 songs on the record, there would be 15 songs maybe submitted. Oh, okay. And sometimes by outside writers, um, those usually never made the record. Um, but, you know, we did have some outside writers submit songs and stuff, too. Huh. Um. Uh, we would vote on the songs. It would get decided. You know, we'd go through the voting process. Um, uh, I think Johnny and Joey both could pull the, you know, could pull the um, I'm the 50 percent owner of the company. Call, <laughs> say this one's going on. I'm demanding this. I think they would, you know, they could do that. Yeah. Um, but what happened was uh, all the songs that made it on would get compiled, put on a cassette. I would it would I would get the cassette. I would have to go home, learn all the songs. Um, we go into SIR studio in Manhattan. I would teach the songs to Johnny. Um, we would rehearse the songs a couple of times. Daniel Ray would then come in to do, um, pre-production work. Uh, Daniel would tighten up the songs. We would get down all the little part changes real tight, upbeats, downbeats, you know, cymbal hit, you know, whatever. We would, we'd work the songs with Daniel. Um, um, Ed Stasium, who is, to me, the only person who should have ever produced the Ramones. If you no, deconstruct the Ramones' career and look for when they go off the rails, 
you look for the departure of Tommy and Ed Stasium. Yeah, and yeah. They're lost. It's in there. Then they're working with producers who try to make them sound like something they're not. Producers who, you know, it's their version of the Ramones, and 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 they just have a whole slew of crap records. The 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 comeback record to me is Too Tough to Die. I was just going to say Too Tough to Die. Yeah. Ed Stasium, Tommy Ramone are back in the picture. Boom, the Ramones sound like the Ramones. They got Richie Ramone, who changes the band, you know, in a in a big way, writes some really good songs, sings backups, is really good live. Um, that's a comeback record for me. The next comeback record, Mondo Pizarro, yeah. to me. <laughs> and it's not because I'm on it, but it's Ed Stasium's back. The Ramones sound like the Ramones again. Dee Dee's got some great songs on it. Joey's got a couple of good ones, you know, so but um so Ed Stasium came down to a couple of rehearsals too after we had tightened things up. Yeah, 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 it all sounds good. Um, we go into the studio and um uh Mark Marky is an unbelievable perfectionist. So <laughs> we would go in and you know, you you start you the initial tracks, the first thing you lay down is drum tracks, of course. You're building a house, drums are the foundation, drums are base of foundation. So um uh, so we go into start recording the drum tracks. <laughs> And Mark is like, he would play and stop. I don't, I didn't like that. Play and stop. I didn't like that. And he did it so much that Johnny walked out and was like, I'm not doing it. So I had to, I had to stand in the, <laughs> stand in the studio, just me and Mark, no guitar, playing bass and singing every song to get Mark's drum tracks to where he liked them. It was, and I, I, I you got to remember, this is the first real. I mean, real album I've ever recorded. I did record another album back um, way back years ago um, when I was a kid with another band, but it was a very small budget, Long Island band. You know, this is the first big budget. Like we're in a big name studio working yeah. with a big name producer. You know, and I was in that. I was in there recording with Mark like thirty takes each song, and I was losing my mind. <laughs> I was losing my mind. I was like, oh my god. But you know that Mark's a perfectionist. That's how he is, and he's. A I great mean, at the end of the day, was it worth it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great. Mark's a great sounding record. Yeah, you know what I mean, I think Mark's work on that record is unbelievable. But um, but yeah, so that so that's how it went. We got the drum tracks down. Um, I think I recorded bass next, or it may, it might have been rhythm guitar next. But I think I I recorded bass next. And then uh, Johnny went in, cut his tracks, and Johnny was like me. I, because I was the one who had to figure the songs out, play and sing them in the studio, and and the fact that I'm the low man on the totem pole and I'm practicing my butt off at home, I knocked out my tracks in about two and a half hours. Which made you look great then as well. <laughs> exactly. So, um, um, so then, you know... That, and that's so that's how it goes. Everything just gets layered. One, you know, one bass and rhythm guitar, then all the, the pretty grace notes and all the nice little Ed Stasium stuff and Joey's vocals and then they do all the tweaking and Ed works his magic. So that's basically how it went. There was never any sitting down together working out songs or, or anything yeah. like that. It was the songs came to us written. Mm-hmm. He tweaked them a little bit, and but that was all in rehearsals. Joey never came to rehearsals, so I had to sing sing everything at the rehearsals, which was good for me because it, you know, just helped me learn how to sing a lot better. Yeah. Great. Um, I like this song a lot. Great. I'm, <laughs> I'm moving into that, but okay. I I've always kind of liked this song on, and it's it's funny that you say it's it wasn't like you know championed, and we know it wasn't played live, or you know, it just kind of made it on there. But mm-hmm. I think it's like there's. It sounds crazy to say, but I guess from our studies, we can, we're starting to get these little nuances. And it was like, 
it seems like the times Joey successfully works with Daniel Ray, you get songs that kind of have like a bridge to a bridge. It's like there's a little complication in that. And I actually really think it works for this song. The the There's like a pre-chorus move that is like, oh, that's pretty smooth, hmm. but it's still kind of punky and still kind of rocking and it's still about some crazy girl. And, <laughs> and so so I, I've always kind of liked it. It's always been one of my highlights on Mondo Bizarro. Okay. So I'm... So I'm, Who loves it? I, I'm I'm gonna go with like it. Oh, like it. Okay. Because wow, it's conservative. Because I I'm I'm I I am in terms of this in terms of my love. No, in terms of yeah. like like <laughs> I, I I only I feel like I should only have so many. I don't want to hurt the the big ones up there. But but I have lots of love for this album. But this this is a this is as strong a like as you can give it. Right. I I I agree with that that assessment because you. The the I don't use the word love a song. I don't say I love every song that I hear. You know what I mean? Mm. For me to say that it's got to be either my favorite on the record or one of my favorites in the catalog. Right. I mean, a favorite on that record, and it's got nothing to do with me singing it. But Main Man, Strength to Endure, those two songs are like unbelievably just classic Dee Dee songs that I really, really loved. I really yeah, loved yeah. both those songs. And the, the funny thing is, is that I never expected to sing any songs on the record. They never told me you're going to sing these songs. Yeah. But yeah. what happened was in the rehearsals, uh, you know, I would have to, like I said, I had to learn how to sing every song. And, uh, and then um, Ed Stasium and Johnny and, and, and Joey uh, were like, you know, I really like the way CJ sings that one. You know, because we were making tapes from the rehearsals. I really like, they liked the way I sang, um, um, like w- one part in Main Man. There was like a little thing where I thought I was singing flat and they really liked it. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'll sing it, you know. And, and then to, to get to sing Strength to Endure on top of it, you know what I mean? I was just like. It's a classic Ramon song. Yeah, and and they are they really are two of my favorite songs on that record. I cool. I, I would agree, and I'm glad you said that because I was curious about how much of the like, well, we got these Dee Dee songs, throw it to the new kid, or it sounds more like through through whatever circumstance that you were in there constantly proving yourself. It's on the merit you, of your work. Yeah, and like right play, maintaining the right place, the wrong right yeah. time. You know, just mm-hmm. like I, yep, I'm just gonna keep doing this good thing, keep doing this good thing. Keep, hey, and then it there paid off. I get to be lead. The the only the only real regret I have um, is that I did not work on my songwriting skills as much as I should have because. Like a- after I put out um, the Bad Chopper record and then my first solo record, there was some of the songs on there when I was in the studio singing and I could hear Joey's voice in my head as I was singing. Like this song was written for him. This was written for his voice, like completely written for his voice. Um, and, and I realized, you know, like if because while while Adios Amigos is not their worst record or a terrible record in any way. I just felt like it was a weak goodbye record. Mm. I felt like it was a weak swan song, you know? And I felt like had I, had I had some of the songs that I wrote for bad, uh, the bad chopper record and the first uh, CJ Ramon record, I think they really just would have made him a better record. And I, so I got a little bit of regret on that, but I mean, everything else, I, I couldn't have worked any harder on, on making the Ramones, 
better than I, you know, than I attempted to, well, you know, I, there's nothing more I could have done. Well, also, I mean, to, to put it in different contexts, you're kind of like the child in this family. And I feel like you're taking on the responsibility of like, I could have, you know, yeah. Like, or like if I would have loved my parents more, they wouldn't have got a divorce or whatever, you know, you know, you, you obviously did the best you can and and it's not your fault for want of a transition, because I was telling Molly before we start, we have to mention this, but, uh, and I, I finally, and I apologize. I finally bought, uh, last chance to dance. And, uh, and it actually, it, I liked it and all, and loved it so much, loved it so much that that's what empowered me to get the, up the courage to ask you to be on this. Cause I'm like, right on. It, it's great that you said the songwriting thing. Cause I'm like, yeah, it's, it's here. It, it's there. It's like, there's, there's hooks and, and the lyrics, like I, I was singing it upon like the refrain. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, you get it. And it's the right kind of simple. And it's, and it's like the harmonies, it, so it was really good. So I, I totally see what you mean. But at the same time, it was like, that's 20 years after the fact. And Molly's yeah. right. It was like, you can't ask the five-year-old to be like, hey, will you wash the dishes and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and get a job? A really, that's, that's one place I was absolutely intimidated by them was to put up one of my songs against Joey's or yeah. Steve's. That's like, a, that's, for me, for me and, and I know, like, I've, I know other guys from the music business now that are like, man, you could have made some money off of that. If you would have got a couple of songs on a record and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Yeah. It's absolutely the furthest thing from my mind. My concern was, was really, you know, trying my best to make sure that I was as good as I could possibly be. And, and therein making the Ramones as good as they yeah. could yeah. possibly be. Uh, like or leave I'm I'm gonna say I like this song it's definitely not my favorite Ramon song and I think that Joey has done the song better in the past okay fair enough uh are you gonna go with a most valuable uh my most valuable player is CJ Ramon okay (laughs) (laughs) I mean yeah no yeah totally uh so that means I say Joey (laughs) Actually, I, I that's actually, on, that's I actually on you. do like his. <laughs> I do like his vocal performance in this, and I like how he does the thing at, near the end where he's Heidi is a head case. Yeah. Like there's a little, I don't know, yeah. just a little nastier. I mean, I actually <laughs> I like, like this song better knowing the backstory on it. Yeah, okay. you know that makes me like it more. I, I was going to say that's why I like the song, and I would definitely give it to Joey because of the personal connection, like the way he, the things he says about her in the song, I can just so relate to it. So <laughs> You're like, yep, I, yep. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, awesome. anything else to say about this? We have a lot. We have, nope. we have a couple other things to talk about. Uh, so one more time, uh, the CJ album that we were talking about oh, is yeah, called... Uh, uh, Last chance to dance. Last chance to dance, dance, which everybody should go out and pick up if you haven't already. If you're a Ramones fan, you probably already have it. Or Um, you should. Or you should. And you can find CJ on Twitter at the T H E E C J Ramon. Uh, Thank you everybody for joining us today on uh, Ramones of the Day. You can find us on Twitter at Ramones Podcast, and join us next time when we will be discussing here today, gone tomorrow on Ramones of the Day. Ramones forever.